I've been assigned the topic, Christians are committed, right? Uh, Looked up the definition of committed. It means obligated to an object or a thing or devoted. Are we obligated to Jesus Christ? Yes. Are we devoted to Jesus Christ? Yes. So could we agree that Christians are committed? Yes. This could be the shortest sermon I ever preach, right? We could be done right now because Christians are committed. When I started thinking about this topic, though, a lot of questions just come to my mind when I think about it. I think about questions such as, is there such a thing as half-hearted Christianity? I mean, don't we know people who claim to be Christians who just kind of make a half-hearted effort? I mean, maybe they try a little bit, but as far as really being committed... Is that really Christianity? Can that exist? Can a Christian be committed in some areas yet not in others? Can I be committed to Jesus Christ, say maybe in my church attendance, where I would never miss a church service, but not necessarily in my honesty or my morality? Is that Christianity? Is that possible? Can someone be committed in praying and yet not be committed to ever attending church services. I have a good friend that I went to college with. He and I were the two-fold cord that wasn't broken when we were in that band in college, and he helped me maintain my Christianity, and I helped him during that period of time. Saw him again for the first time in almost 30 years. We sat and visited, and I asked him about his faith, and he said, oh, his faith was strong. I asked him about church. He said, well, I don't, I don't attend church anywhere. I said, what? What do you mean? He said, why? He said, I, I talk to God every day. I, every morning I go for a run, and I talk to God, and I read His Word, and I'm faithful to Him. Can you be committed to some things and not other things as a Christian? How committed do you have to be? I mean, the reality is I can look at my own life and there are times I was more committed and times that I haven't been as committed, right? Is someone still a Christian if they're not as committed as they should be? Can you be not as committed as you ought to be and still be a Christian? Or are you not a Christian if you're not as committed as you ought to be? How can we measure our commitment? Yeah, I mean, is there a way to measure commitment? I know we tend to measure commitment by the things that are obvious, the things that we see. How many times you worship at church? How many times you pray? How, much, how often you read your Bible? Things like that. But is there a way that we can measure commitment? You know, I, I could go on and on with questions about this. And I'll tell you that what at the surface seems a real simple sermon to say, yeah, Christians are committed. We're committed to Jesus. We'll die for Him. He died for us. And we love each other and we love Him. And that seems like a real simple thing. But there's really a lot of questions about it. And I don't think I'm going to answer all the questions. I know I didn't answer all my questions. 
But I've got a few things that I've learned. I want to start with what Jesus said about commitment. Let's just read some of the things that Jesus Christ himself, from his own lips, what he would say to you and I, what he did say to you and I about commitment. Let's look at some of these things. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. What's that mean? It means you can't be neutral. There is no neutral ground. You're either with Jesus or you're against Him. You can't be just, well, I, you know, I'm not against Him, but I'm not for... You can't. Jesus said, if you're not for Him, you're against Him. He also said this, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Angie asked me this morning, you know, we just took our vacation, and she said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate this vacation? Well, that's interesting, because depending on what aspect of the vacation you're talking about, my cell phone was stolen on the beach in Hawaii, so that would rate a zero. (laughs) On the flip side, I had my family with me. I had all my kids and my granddaughter. That rates way up there as like a 10, right? I love my that That made it a wonderful trip for me to have all my family there. Jesus said, if you love your kids more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. That's pretty strong words about commitment, isn't it? Jesus said this, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. If you don't bear your cross, which means put to death yourself, your, your, your worldly desires, and follow Jesus, you can't, you can't be His disciple. Jesus said, whoever of, you who, whoever of you does not forsake all that He has cannot be my disciple. Have you forsaken everything you've got? Have you walked away from everything? Jesus said, if you don't forsake everything you have. Now, he doesn't say if you're not willing to. He says, if you don't forsake everything you have, you can't be my disciple. Jesus said this, you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot, so then because you were lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He said, if you're lukewarm, if you're kind of halfway committed, if you're kind of neutral, if you kind of try to not really be committed, he says, you make me sick. These are the words of Jesus about commitment. Let me ask you this. Does that trouble you? To hear the words of Jesus about commitment? I mean, when you look at yourself and your own commitment to Jesus, does that trouble you at all? To look at the things that He said? If you don't forsake everything, if you love your children more than me, you're not worthy of me? If you're not hot or cold, you make me sick? Does that bother you? Or do you go, well, you know, everybody's got their strengths and everybody's got their weaknesses. I tell you what, it, when I think about it, there's some things about that that bother me. But you know, it shouldn't surprise us that Jesus would say that. 
Because Christianity actually begins with commitment, doesn't it? Doesn't Christianity vary at the very first of becoming a Christian? Doesn't that require a commitment? Jesus said this about becoming a Christian. He said, if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. That's a commitment. It's a commitment to say, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You can't be neutral. You can't go, well, He was a great prophet, but so was Buddha and Muhammad. You can't do that. You have to believe that He is the Son of God. Jesus said this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You've got to believe in Him. There's no option there. There's no other way to go. And we read in Acts chapter 8 about the Ethiopian when he was traveling and he learned about Jesus. He said, well, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, well, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, you may. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You see, Christianity begins with a commitment. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that no one's going to be saved except through Jesus? That's required for you to be a Christian. You can't believe, yes, Jesus will save me, but God will accept someone's faith to Muhammad for faith in Jesus. You can't believe that. You can't believe that, yes, Jesus will save me, but if you're not really committed to that, as long as you're a good person, God will save you. You can't believe that. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Nothing else. So when you became a Christian, and I'm speaking to all of you who have become Christians, you made this statement, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, right? The preacher said, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You either said yes or you quoted Him and said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You outwardly, verbally, publicly said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. What did you mean by that? What did you mean? I was here when some of you were baptized. What did you mean by that? when you said that. You know what it means is that Jesus was never, ever wrong about anything. It means He was always right. Always. He was never mistaken. He was never confused. He was never misleading. He was never speaking out of turn. He was never saying or commanding or requiring anything that wasn't really required. Everything Jesus said is truth. That's what it means when you say, I believe He's the Son of God. The Son of God. He's deity. He is God's Son. That's a commitment to believe that. I have a lot of confidence, a tremendous amount of confidence in a lot of you that are here this morning. I have tremendous confidence in our elders. 
I've placed myself spiritually under their leadership. But I don't believe they're infallible. Right? <laughs> and I would say that I didn't believe they were infallible. But Jesus is infallible. Jesus is God's Son and He is always right. And everyone else is wrong if they disagree with Jesus. Now that's a commitment. Christianity begins with that. And there's no wavering, no, no failure in that. So that means everything Jesus said about commitment is absolutely true, doesn't it? Everything we read that Jesus said about commitment is true. Are you committed to Jesus Christ? You know, after it begins with commitment... Christianity, we find in the Bible, is supposed to grow, right? Well, Christianity grows with commitment. That's how Christianity grows. Look at what is said in the book of Hebrews. He says, For everyone that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. But strong meat belongs to those who are of full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. God says you shouldn't remain a baby. You need to grow up, right? You need to grow up. I heard a, a older preacher one time talking about a sermon he gave and he said, you know, I had said some really direct things and after church, this little old lady comes up and says, you need to be more gentle with us babes in Christ. And he said, ma'am, how long have you been a Christian? 57 years. He said, you know what? 57 years is a little long to remain a baby in my estimation. You need to grow up. God expects you and I to grow. How does that happen? Well, we grow up by reason of use, discerning our senses or exercising our senses to discern between good and evil so we know better what God wants us to be and what God wants us to do. And we grow. We're committed. I want to show you a couple of things about commitment. You got here full commitment, you got no commitment, you got mostly uncommitted and mostly committed, and then you got you or me. Okay? So where are you on this chart? I mean, the purpose of preaching, right, is to apply God's Word to ourselves. So quit thinking about other people and think about yourself. Where are you on this chart? Are you like that guy? He is mostly uncommitted. In fact, he's standing right down there on no commitment. He's not committed to Jesus. I'm not saying he never attends a church service because some people who are, have no commitment at all to Jesus attend church services sometimes. I'm not saying he would never cry out to God if he was in trouble and he was about to die or he was in a, in a bad situation. But he has no commitment no commitment at all to serving or living like or being with God in any way? Are you maybe like this guy right here, fully committed? This guy has full commitment. There is nothing he wouldn't do for Jesus. He has a constant communication with Christ. He is devoted 
every minute of every day to Christ? Is that where you are? Or you may be here. Maybe that's closer to where a lot of us end up, right? You got all different places that we could we could end up. Any of those places and anywhere in between all of those. And the reality is, in our lives, most of us spend some time here and some time here and some time there, right? Most of us spend time at different points on the scale of commitment, okay? And in reality, I can just tell you for me, and I'm not real good at, at doing this, and in fact, when I teach uh, people how to use PowerPoint, I say don't do this, but I'm going to do it for, for sake. Most of the time, for me, I've kind of lived like that. You see, I move up and down, and, and I may go from being really committed this week to next week not being as committed to really being committed, and, and there's just that movement in my life, right? So when we look at this, we say, okay, well, who's most pleasing to God? In that list, or that, that diagram there, who pleases God most? Well, it might seem pretty obvious that that guy right there pleases God the most, doesn't it? Okay? And this guy pleases God some, but he's, you know, he's knees and down. They're not so good. And then this guy is really in trouble, right? Here's where I believe that I've landed on understanding commitment so far. And that is that commitment is not ever a static thing. It's not ever a point. But commitment is a trajectory. Commitment is a direction that we go. Let me put this in motion over the last year. And now you tell me who is most pleasing to God. You see, a year ago this guy was there. A year ago this guy was right where he is. And a year ago this guy was there. Now, who's most pleasing to God? was different, isn't it? You see? One of the worst mistakes we can make as Christians is to look at other people and see where they stand and compare ourselves to those other people. Either good or bad. The thing is, Jesus said when we compare ourselves with ourselves, we become fools. Okay, And that's because we can't see the direction. We can't see what's going on. I have people that I've known that I would bet my bottom dollar were totally committed to Christ and all of a sudden find out it's all been a game. It's all been a sham. They've been really good at building up this image for everyone else to see that really looks holy and righteous when in reality they weren't serving God at all. I've seen that, haven't you? And then I've seen other people that you look at and you go, good grief. But then you find out something that they've gone through and how they've stood up for Christ or how they've spoken up for Him, how they've defended Christ and how they've made sacrifices for Christ that you knew nothing about. You see, the reality is we can't judge ourselves that way. We can't judge ourselves by looking at other people. All we can judge is ourselves by the direction that we're moving. You see, being committed to Christ is about direction. 
It's not about where you stand. It's about the direction that you're moving. So think about yourself and your life. What direction are you moving spiritually? In your relationship with Jesus. Are you getting closer to Him? You're getting further away? You just kind of stay in where you've been for a long time? Where are you? You know, the Bible has lots and lots of terms that describe this. I want to look at a few of them. Enter in at the narrow gate. He's talking about a direction, right? You're moving. You're not just standing still, but you're going. You find this narrow, restricted gate, and you go. And you know what Jesus said about that? He said, few there be to find it. There's going to be lots of people going the broad gate, but very few that find the narrow gate. Few there be that find that. There's another phrase he uses in 1 John chapter 1. He says, walk in the light. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Now, there's a couple of things that are real obvious about that. One, walk in the light doesn't mean you don't have sin. I've known people that taught that walking in the light meant you didn't sin. That's not true because if you walk in the light, He forgives you of all your sin. You have sin, but you're walking in the light. Walking in the direction of Jesus Christ. He says it this way in 1 Peter 2. He says, follow His steps. He left us an example that we should follow His steps. We walk like Jesus Christ walked. In Romans 6, He calls it yielding. He says, don't yield yourself to unrighteousness, but yield yourself to righteousness. In Romans 8, he calls it walking in the Spirit. He calls, so in Romans 8, he calls it being led by the Spirit. And in Hebrews 10, he calls it running the race. All of these are, I believe, synonymous terms, roughly, describing the life of someone who's committed to Christ. And there are many, many more. We can talk about fighting the spiritual warfare, right? He talks about he who is a good soldier does not entangle himself in the affairs of this world. We could talk about so many other terms in the Bible that are synonymous in idea with this. And the synonymous idea is this. I, as long as I am living in this life as a Christian, my direction is that. My overall direction is that. Not that I won't do this at times. Not that I won't have times that maybe even dip down further. But my direction, my focus, my yielding is that I am going to live after Jesus. That's my commitment. I'm 56, is that right? 56 years old. I think that's right. Born in 63. You're younger than Yancey. <laughs> okay? Not right now? You're still 56? Oh. Yeah. Soon I'll be a year younger than Yancey. 56 years old. One of the things I've learned, we've, I was single guy until I was 27. Okay? There are challenges with being a single young man. There really are. There's physical, there's spiritual challenges. There's, there's hard things growing up. I was a teenage boy. There's stuff that's hard about being a teenage boy, especially if you're trying to serve God. We got married, 
marriage is wonderful. It's been wonderful to me. But there's challenges about being married. There's challenges spiritual. We had four children. Raising those four kids. You know, some of you have... Sean's just starting out on that trip, you know. Uh, Corey and Aaron are a little further along on that. There's challenges, aren't there? I mean, there's real hard things about being a young father, a young mother, a young husband. There's hard stuff in life about that. You know what? When you get old enough, your kids start getting married and moving away. and There's challenges with that. There's hard things that come along with that. It's not easy. I've lived long enough to know now that at every stage in life, there's going to be challenges. My parents are getting, dad's in his 80s and mom's in her 70s, upper 70s. There's challenges with that. There's hardships. There's, there's requirements and struggles with that. And you know, as I get older, my children are going to be where I am with my parents and there will be struggles and challenges for them. But I know that for my parents, there are struggles and challenges that they've got to face that they've never faced before. When we were in Hawaii, we went up on Diamond Head, which is a crater, and you can go way up on the, the lip of the crater, and you can look out, and it's just beautiful out there, but it is a hike to get to the top of that thing. And we did. All the kids got up there about 30 minutes before Carrie and I, but we got up there, and I stood there and I looked at it and I, oh, it was just so beautiful. I could have stayed there all afternoon. It was just fabulous. And then we turned around to come down. My knees have never hurt like that. <laughs> Ever. Trying to come down 5,000 stairs or whatever it was. I can see it coming. There's challenges. There's struggles. And at every stage of your life, that commitment to Christ has got to continue to grow or you won't make it through those struggles. You won't survive. I can remember standing by my grandfather's casket watching my grandmother say goodbye to her husband of 63 years. It never stops as long as this life is here. That commitment to Jesus Christ has got to continue to grow. I want to briefly mention there are two aspects to, to this commitment I want to bring to your mind as we close the lesson. Number one is the aspect of depth. Okay, Your commitment through the years gets deeper to Christ if you're growing the way you ought to. I know in marriage, my commitment to my wife is deeper now than it was. Now, I'd have died for, you know, before we got married, but my commitment is different now. It's a deeper commitment, you see. The same thing is true with my commitment to Jesus Christ. It should grow deeper 
constant. Scripture says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. As I physically get weaker, Paul said the outward man is decaying day by day, but the inward man is being made stronger day by day. Your strength spiritually should increase as you get older in Christ. As you live through this life and your commitment stays strong, you should get stronger and stronger and stronger in Jesus Christ. Your commitment should be deeper. You should be more intensely committed to Jesus Christ than you are when you're young, spiritually. Not that you aren't committed when you're young, but it's different. There's a maturity to that commitment. The other thing about commitment is breadth or width. You see, in Christianity, it's not good enough to just be committed in one area. It's not good enough to be committed in ten areas. But as you grow, you will realize and you will, as you grow in commitment... If you're following Christ, you will surrender more and more of the territory of your heart to Jesus Christ. You know, he said this in 2 Peter, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. The idea is a continual adding. It's growing. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So now I'm not just committing to Jesus Christ Sunday morning. I'm committing to Jesus Christ Sunday afternoon and Sunday night and Monday morning and Monday afternoon and Monday night and Tuesday morning. And I'm not just committing my family to Him, but I'm committing my fun and my entertainment choices and I'm committing my work and all of these things become more and more. The commitment to Him spreads over more areas of my life. So as you're committed to Jesus Christ, the ultimate goal in this is to reach a point where you can genuinely, like Jesus Christ did, say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You see, I believe that's the ultimate goal of commitment. The ultimate goal of commitment is forget what I want. What I want most is to want what you want. I want what you want more than I want what I want. And so I'll see to it that not my will, but yours is done. You see, that's our ultimate goal. Nevertheless, he said that in the garden as he was humbled, as he was fixing to die. So Christian, are you committed? Yes. Do you have room to grow in that commitment? Yes. My lesson this morning has been one to encourage and motivate you that every day you need to work on increasing the depth of your commitment and the width of your commitment. Commit more areas of your life to Him all the time. And commit deeper in your relationship with Him all the time. There will be these times, and don't get discouraged when you have those times. The job that you have is to keep the direction of your arrow pointing toward Jesus Christ. You keep running that race and when you fall down, you just get up and you start running again. 
Because you're going to fall down. I've fallen down. You get up and you keep running. No matter how many times you fall down, and if you realize, man, I have fallen and fallen and fallen and fallen, get up and run. That's what you do. You just don't ever quit running. You don't ever quit following. You don't ever quit seeking. And as you do that, the end result is going to be this growth in your commitment to Jesus Christ. I hope you've been encouraged. If uh, you need to make an open public change, one of the things I thought about putting this letter, uh, letter, this sermon together, it's not a letter to you, is it? I am here, <laughs> okay? Is, was talking about it being direction with decision points. Well, you know, every day are decision points. And right now, you face a decision point. And that decision point is this. Is your level of commitment moving in the right direction? If it's not, what do you need to do to turn that needle to where you're headed really in the right direction? Sometimes we need to stand up in front of other people and say, help me, pray for me. You know, I've messed up here or I've failed there. Sometimes... You don't need to do that. Sometimes you just need to make a resolve in your heart that this is going to change. I don't know. But we always offer a song of invitation for the case that someone needs to ask for the prayers and help of their brothers and sisters in the Lord in this change, in this direction of their life. I encourage you, be committed to Christ. That really is the only thing that matters when you get down to the end of your life. It's all that's going to matter. If there's a way we can assist you with that, we do offer this song of invitation while we stand and sing.